Hey, what's up, universe? Welcome to episode 24 of It's a Choice. This episode's kind of going to probably be a little bit of a longer one. And a lot of stuff has happened over the last week since I did episode 23. And like literally in quick order um, after I did the last episode. So I want to start off, though, with a quote, like a scene from one of my favorite shows, Mr. Robot. And it's from season two, episode four. And it's a little conversation between Elliot, who's the main character, and Leon, uh, who's one of my favorite characters as well. And I'll just kind of describe the scene real quick and then I'll, I'll quote the conversation. And I'll just state up front, I'm not going to do it justice. So if you happen to be able to catch the episode, watch it because these two guys do an excellent job. This is a great conversation. It's one of my favorite scenes from the show. So Elliot and Leon are in a cafe and they're eating. And there's a chessboard that's folded up and it's on the table and it's right over by Elliot. And Leon says, you staring at this thing. You want to play? Nah, it's not for you, Elliot says. So who's it for then? Leon replies. Nobody, Elliot says. You know, back in the age of enlightenment, motherfuckers used chess as a means of self-improvement. Because... There wasn't no Tony Robbins DVDs back then. This was it, Leon says. So, what you playing for then? If there's no who, then what's the what? What's it for? Elliot replies, existence. Leon says, dope. That's some high stakes right there. So, what you waiting on? Elliot says, what? Do you dream, Elliot? You scraping so hard like you've never asked yourself this before. I said, do you want to be here right now? And I don't mean here, here. I mean here in a cosmic sense, bro. Like, existence could be beautiful or it could be ugly. But that's on you. Elliot says, how do I know which one is for me? Dream. You got to find out the future you're fighting for. Sometimes you got to close your eyes and really envision that shit, bro. If you like it, then it's beautiful. If you don't, then you might as well fade the fuck out right now, Leon says. And the reason I start off with that is because I just, like I said, love that scene. And it, to me, it really encapsulates what it is to like dream and have a vision and like honor that and follow what is real for you. Like it's, it's just, it just encapsulates it so perfectly. Either you choose to fucking follow it and honor that or you don't. And if you don't, why the fuck you here? You know, like that's what it comes down to. Now, the reason I led with that, the reason I started off with that is for a couple of reasons. One, over the last seven days, some things around my own dream and vision have kind of come up and there's been some things that are kind of like, been a bit of a challenge to it in a way, but also like the mention of Tony Robbins, that always tickled me because as I've mentioned before, I've gone to Tony's programs and within the last seven days, I'm going to tie this in. So I'm just going to kind of get into like a bit of a recounting of what's been happening. So, you know, I'm an IT professional. That's what I currently identify with. And, um, I'm contracted as an employee through a managed IT service provider, and I'm working for a client of theirs on a project. I mentioned that before. I got brought back in on an extension to do some work. 
that I actually just wrapped up last Monday. Um, so I mentioned that because back in November, when I was just starting out on this project, about three weeks into the project, I kind of had this thought about like, you know, it might be kind of cool to work for this client, like full time, like as an actual employee, which kind of struck me because back in the summer, I was really adamant about never working for a company like nine to five as an IT professional. Again, I just wanted to do contract work, which I was actually able to manifest. As you can see, I was doing contract work, but I really got to like this client and I liked the culture and I liked the people that I was working with. And I was like, you know, might be kind of cool to work for them. And I never attached myself to the idea, but the idea came about in a few times throughout the project over the few months that I was working on it, it would come up from time to time. And I would, and a few times throughout the project as well, I was thinking, you know, maybe I could mention to, you know, um, one of the guys I was working with at the company be like, hey, I'm a contractor. I'm not an actual employee for this managed IT service provider, just to kind of like plant the seed of like, hey, if something comes up and I seem like a fit, like just keep me in mind. You know, I thought about it, but I never did that. But again, I wasn't attached that I to that idea, but it came up to me. And I need to give this context because the main person I was dealing with at the client was um, or is uh, a manager in the HR department and the human resources department, right? And then the, one of the other guys I was uh, interfacing with is um, is kind of a senior manager in the IT department who was in charge of the contract itself. Now, the guy in the HR department, I would, his team is the one that was impacted by the project that I was working on. Um, so I knew these two individuals, right? I, I was in communication with them fairly regularly. And so they both know who I am, my personality, my work ethic, like my skills. They know all of that stuff, right? Okay, so I need to give that context. So as you probably know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and if you're just joining us, thank you for, <laughs> thanks for joining us. But I feel like the same eight or nine people listen, so probably not. Anyhow, back when I started this podcast, I was out in the Reno area and, um, and it has always been my intention to relocate to that area, to Reno and Klein Village around that, around that area in Nevada. Um, and so because of that, I had set up job alerts on indeed.com and set up a criteria, you know, for what I want in a job. And I've been getting emails like over the months and I don't always open them up and, um, I don't get them every day, but. I get them periodically. So last Wednesday, yes, it was Wednesday in the evening, I received an email from Indeed and they're like, hey, here's a, here's a job that fits the criteria that you're looking for. And I decided to open it up. And there was only one job in that job alert email. And to my surprise, it was from the client. And I was like, oh shit, like the client just posted a job and it's for a senior IT engineer. And I'll tell you that when I just saw that, before I even read the job description, I was like, I felt it. I was like, shit, like this could be it. This could be it. Because I've been wondering about the how, right? How how am I going to be able to relocate? Like, what's going to be the thing 
that allows me to like establish myself in that area and just kind of start over because that's been my whole thing. Like Kansas city is no longer my home and to start over in that area. I need to provide some context about this as well. Over the last month, I've definitely been refocusing and getting in touch with and feeling into why I would choose that area. Now, back in October, you know, I was lying to myself and others. I was just like, ah, it's for me, right? Now, there was definitely another reason why I was going out there. And if you've been paying attention to the podcast, you know what that reason was and what, it, what, that, what, that, what it was at that time. That reason is no longer an option. Like, I can't go out there for her. Right. It's a woman. Right. And, you know, you know that if you've been listening to the podcast. So I can't go out there for Reese. And I've been feeling into that and like being OK with that and having that not be like why it's not it's not the why I'm going out there. The why I'm going out there is because I've been living in Kansas City for 42 fucking years and I've never reestablished myself anywhere, anywhere. Now, true, I could go anywhere. But there's still a pull out to that location. So I'm just going to allow myself to feel that and just honor that. I'm just going to let myself honor that. But that's not the reason I'm going out there. The woman is not the reason. So when I read the email, I felt it. And I was like, shit, like this could really be it. I felt this real connection. And the next thing that came up is I was like, oh, this could be like the beginning, like for us. Now... That's not, as I just said, she's not an option. So I'm glad to say that like when I thought of that, the us in my vision was me and my kids because I just really want to model certain things for my boys, which is following their heart and following what's right for them and being an example for that. And then not only that, the opportunity to like, pay for my oldest son's like flight school and to get uh, my youngest son into music and like actual producing music and like getting him the infrastructure and the connections for that. Now out in Reno, there's two people that I haven't actually met yet, but I have connections with that are in the radio and music industry. So that's definitely a connection. And then furthermore, there's other like flight schools out in Nevada I mean, there's some here in Kansas too, but regardless, I just kind of feel like there's this like whole like kind of web of opportunity for me and my sons. And I've been envisioning this, been dreaming it for a while, for some months, you know what I mean? So I'm glad to say that when I saw this and I felt that connection to the job posting it, and I thought of like, this could be the beginning for us, those are the people and that was the context of what I was thinking about. That's what came up. So I read the job description and I was like, I could do this job. So I contacted my company and there's two men at the company, at the managed IT company that um, I'm always in touch with. And one of them is the co-owner. And I'll just kind of read you the message because it's, uh, I just, I'm always fascinated about how this went, went down and it's pretty short. Um, so... I'll leave out the names, you know, um, I guess it won't really matter. Peter and Will. Will is the man that interviewed me and uh, approached me with the job offer originally back in um, late October, early November. And then Peter is the one who's um, part owner of the company. 
and I'm in a group chat with them. I said, hey, Peter and Will, and I gave them the context, like about I've been intending to relocate, you know, it's a Reno or Incline Village. I have a couple job alerts set up, like blah, blah, blah. And um, I said, I was surprised to see that there was um, a job listing from the client. I said, what is, what's the policy surrounding this opportunity? I said, I love being a contractor and I love and appreciate everything uh, the company um, has provided me. And um, I said, at the same time, a form of stability is also welcome, especially when one is looking to relocate to a new area. I gave him the job link and um, I said, you know, um, I have the added benefit of these two individuals um, at the client knowing about my skills and my work ethic. I said, so what do you think? Is this something I can legitimately apply for? Thanks for your help and guidance in advance. Within one minute, Will replies and he goes, we're of the opinion that if what's best for you is best for us. I would definitely pursue it. And I said, that's amazing. Thank you, Will. I sincerely appreciate it. I said, would it be out of turn to let, um, I don't want to like give all the names because then you can start finding out who the client is and I'm just trying to respect uh, privacy here. So would it be would it be out of turn to let these two individuals at the, um, at the client uh, know that I'm applying for the position? And Will replies, I don't think so, but Peter's the client um, partner, so I would ask him. I said, sounds good. Thank you again for your help and guidance. Peter responds seven minutes later. He goes, hey, Zach, there's no conflict if you want to apply, given that you're a contract employee for us. You can definitely give them a heads up, and I can as well, so that they know that there's no conflict on our end and that they are open to consider you for the role. I said, that's fantastic. Thank you. I can't express my gratitude enough. Thank you all so much. Peter says, no problem, and hope it works out. So then... I immediately go and I contact the um, individual who's the manager on the IT side and charge of the contract. And um, I tell him all the same thing. I said, look, you know, I've been intending to relocate. I saw this job posting. Um, I spoke with Peter. Everything's okay. Like, there's no conflict of interest. Um, I just want to let, and I let him know. I was like, I just want to let you know I'm going to be submitting my application for this position uh, this evening. Um, and I gave him the job listing. I said, here's the job link, you know, in case you're wondering what job I'm talking about. He replies back and he says, I'm currently in an interview. Let me message you back later on this evening. 25 minutes later, he replies back and he goes, hey, Zach, thanks for the heads up. And I'm glad to hear you're interested in this position. This position is on my team. He's like, I will connect with the recruiter and let him know you're applying for it. And I'm thinking like, this is crazy. What better set of circumstances could I possibly ask for than the manager knowing who I am, having previous you know, experience with my work, liking my work, and having this role that came out of nowhere be on this guy's team, and then turn around and also know a manager in HR who knows my work is also extremely happy with me, and we have a great relationship. Now, in the now, in this moment, I still haven't heard anything about this job. It's not like a given that I have it, but I find the circumstances and the synchronicities very interesting. There's a reason that I'm giving you all of this detail and backstory. It's because the next day, on Thursday, I tell my oldest son, I'm like, hey, look, I applied for this job. If I get it, I'm moving. And my oldest son's always been very stoic and pragmatic, and he's like, whatever, that's cool. Like, you do you. Later on Thursday evening, I tell my youngest son, and he's been the one that's been um, not as keen on my relocation, you know? And so 
we had a conversation about it on Thursday and I brought the idea up to him. You know, I told him what I just told you guys. And he cried a little bit, not like bawling or anything like that, but he didn't really like the idea. I said, cool, man. I said, look, um, nothing's been decided yet. All right. So don't stress out about it. Well, we need to talk. We need to talk some more about this. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so I let him go that evening and I drove out after I was done talking to him, I drove out to Colorado. And the reason I drove out to Colorado is because my friend Ricky is having an event and I've mentioned this before. Um, but he also invited me to partake, um, in the Tony Robbins business mastery, which was happening like a week before his event. Uh, so I'd go out and spend a couple weeks with Ricky so that's why it's kind of funny, that, and that's why I'd led with the Tony Robbins DVDs um, comment from Leon and Elliot's conversation. So here's the thing about that. So I go to this event, you know, I'm hanging out on Saturday at the Business Mastery thing, and all of the people there um, are basically like mid-20s, like they're young, like I'm 42, right? Like I'm twice their age, pretty much, most of them, like they're between like 21 and 30, most of them, and most of them are guys, you know, and I'm just not really feeling it. I'm not really feeling connected. Um, I get some good prompts and I get some actual like real gold, um, like things that, that the, uh, that actually come to me as I'm sitting there around like my program for teens and like, you know, working with masculine and feminine energy and like that kind of a thing. Um, so it wasn't like worthless, but I also wasn't feeling like in the program. I just wasn't feeling it, so to speak. Right. Um, so I'm tired. I actually go upstairs to the house in the upper floor and I take a nap and, um, the cell service where we were at, it was kind of shoddy. So every now and again, I turn my phone on and off to, uh, um, let myself check my mail and everything. Cause the Wi-Fi out there was actually tied to the cell service. So they, they wanted us to all have our phones in airplane mode. So that way we could participate in the virtual event without it jacking up the internet. So I found out that my youngest son um, sent me a message and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. And please and thank you, that's what he said. <laughs> and um, he sent the message like 10 minutes before I checked my phone. So I said, let me call you. And so I go to my car so I won't be disturbed and it's quiet. And we talk. And he goes, so he's like, if you move, he's like, I don't think it's a good idea. I go, okay. I go... What, what do you think about that? How come? He goes, well, he's like, I don't think we would have a good relationship. I think we would drift apart. I'm like, okay, you know? And he'd been talking to his mom a little bit before we called, and I tried to, like, you know, suss out what, um, what maybe she had said just to see if, like, any seeds had been planted, like, or maybe he was, like, interpreting something that she said a certain way or whatever. Um, but she didn't say anything and I didn't suspect her. I was just trying to like, I wasn't trying to like blame her for anything at all. I was just trying to figure out where that might be coming from for him. Right. And it was all, it was all him, you know? And I, so I was like, okay, he's like, well, thank you for telling me. I said, you know, it takes two people to work on the relationship. Right. And I was like, so it would have to mean if we had a bad relationship that one or both of us chose that that's what we wanted. And you know, that, that we, let it get to that. Right. And, um, and so we kind of talked about that a little bit, but he didn't have a lot of time before he had to go. I was like, well, look, I said, I want to talk about this some more. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, 
we're, we're going to do that. <laughs> and so I get off the phone with him, and obviously this conversation is a little upsetting to me. Because I certainly don't want to uh, have a negative or bad relationship with my youngest son. And so I sit there and I cry, you know, a little bit. And I feel into, like, what is my next step? What do I do? And I'm like, I gotta go. And I'm like, well, am I, is that just kind of an emotional reaction? Like, should I go? Like, you know, it's an eight-hour drive from where I'm at back to Kansas City. Like, what do I, like, what do I do after I get there? Like, kind of a thing. Like, am I, am I just overreacting? And I'm like, no. Like, no, you've been feeling it for the last you know, because I got in on Friday, I got into Colorado on Friday, and I've been feeling it like for over t like the two days, right? I was like, I'm not really feeling connected to this moment, right? This particular part of the event. And it's not even Ricky's event. It's just like, I'm just not feeling it from the business mastery side and like the people in attendance. I'm just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not feeling connected to it. And so I made the choice. I was like, all right, all right, I'm going. I'm going back home. I need to have this conversation with Milo. This is not a conversation that you have over the phone. This is a face-to-face -face conversation. So I go to Ricky, and I was like, look, I gotta go have this conversation with my youngest son. Like, I gotta go. Like, I spoke, spoke with him a little bit ago, and I gotta go. I gotta leave. He's like, so you're leaving, like, now? And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving, yeah, now. And we talk about, like, his event and, like, what we're gonna do, like, any potential refunds and everything like that. And I was like, look, just... Tell you what, like I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna talk to Milo, and I'll just we'll just be in touch, and I'll let you know about your program. Like maybe I'll come back out, you know. But we'll we'll address that later. So I drive, you know, I leave at like I don't know eight o'clock at night, and I drive eight hours, um, or I don't know eight or nine. I can't remember when I left, but I drive and I get back here to Kansas City Sunday morning. And of course I'm tired, you know, and I sleep. And I wake up. And, you know, in the evening, I go and I talk to uh, the kids, but my kids had been over at my mom's house for like four hours for like my oldest sister's birthday. And I'm not talking to my sisters or my mom, so I wasn't invited to go over. Plus, I was originally going to be out of town. Um, it's a whole nother story, like whatever. So I wait for the kids to get back from that. And I talk to Milo and he's... He's a great kid. He goes, look, I'm just going to be honest. And he's 12, okay? He's like, look, I'm just going to be honest. I don't really want to talk about this right now because I just wasted a lot of time at this birthday party. Like, he was not having a great time over there. And I could tell he was frustrated when he was in the car. And I was like, cool, man. I said, I get it. I said, when, um, when he got in the car, I could just tell it wasn't going to be a good time to have this conversation. So I can read people, man, and I can definitely read my kids. I can read his body language, his energy. It's just so easy. And so I was like, it's cool, man. So we'll, we'll talk about this another time. I said, how about tomorrow? Like, can we make a deal that we'll talk about it more tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. I was like, all right. I'll come by after school and we'll talk about it then. He's like, okay. So I come back home and then today, you know, that's, that's what we do. I go over to the house. I actually pick him up from his bus stop, take him back over to my ex-wife's house. We sit in front of the house and we talk. We have like a 15-minute long conversation. And I get, I get out of him. I'm like, look, you know, like, so what's the real deal here? Right. You know, like, um, and he's like, well, I just want to know that like you're accessible. And I was like, 
and he just wanted to know that I'm available to him, you know? And I was like, you know, you've been living at your mom's house for like the past five or six months. And I said, even though I've been back in town, you're not, you haven't been living with me because uh, the house that I'm in isn't set up for me having the kids. Um, and I was like, everything we do is remote anyway. So I'm accessible to you, right? And our relationship, like you can feel it. Like it's, it's good. I spend more time with my kids than my ex-wife, even though my ex-wife lives with my kids. You know what I mean? Like I share quality time with them. Yeah, more than more than she does. And now I'm not like I'm not shitting on anything and I'm not saying like one's better than the other. I'm just trying to say that like that's how <laughs> that's how my kids and I share time and I can feel it. They actually enjoy that. Like we hang out, we play games, like we do shit together. It just happens to be all fucking remote. These kids are growing up remote anyway, right? I mean that's how how a lot of this shit works. So I was like, you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff remote anyway. I was like, so, you know, you've had the opportunity to like come on over to my place or like tell me that you wanted to like spend the night, but you haven't. I was like, so what's it really about, right? And he's like, well, I just want to know that like if I need you, like that you'll be there. And I was like, so here's the thing, Milo. I was like, I was in Colorado. I was eight hours away. I was at an event. I was like, but I'm here right now. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you didn't even ask me to come out. You didn't ask me to come back home. I was like, but I felt it. And I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I did it. So I could be here and like with you. Right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, thanks. And I'm like, yeah, no problem, man. I was like, so I'm available to you. Right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, so here's the thing, man. The only difference between Colorado and Nevada is that there's a thousand more miles between where I was at in Colorado and like where I would be at in Nevada. Actually, a little less than that, but around that, actually. I said, so driving time, that adds 16 more hours. If you can give me 24 solid hours, Milo, I said, I could drive here from where I would be at in Nevada. I could be here within a day. I said, less time if I'm flying. I was like, but regardless, I could be here. I would show up. It's not a problem. I was like, you, you see that, right? Like I can, I would do that because you're one of the most important things in my life. So I don't have a problem doing that. I can show up and be here for you. And he actually really, really connected with that. And I could, I could see that on his body language and I can feel it in his energy and I could see it on his face and in his eyes. So after we got through that, and he was like, cool with that, and he understood that, then we got to another piece, which is just about like his relationship with his mom, which is a whole other side story that I'm not going to get into. My point is, with all of this, is that I've been maintaining a vision and maintaining a dream about where I'm going to relocate to and what I see developing in my life from that choice and the apparent what appears to be obstacles or appears to be hurdles things to overcome things to be surmounted challenges to that dream right things that could be logically and rationally explained as showstoppers but every time I felt into my vision and every time I felt into that dream, 
it felt good. And every time, even the, even in the context of Milo, I was just like, I cannot let him dictate my choices. Because I've seen people where the parents are present, they're living in the same house, and they still have shit fucking relationships with their kids. I've seen people that are living in completely different locations, and they have excellent relationships with their kids. So, like, it goes back to that whole podcast I did earlier in the year that, like, you, you, we don't know the outcomes of our fortune or misfortune or what appears to be fortunate versus what appears to be unfortunate. And that's the thing I left Milo with last night before we have the conversation today. I, I told him about that parable, the Chinese parable about the farmer and the horse. And I was like, I just want you to, to think about that, Milo. And so that's what I left him with last night. And then we had our conversation today. So... I'm telling you all this because there was all of these little things that I just had to keep honoring and like feeling into and making my choices based upon that. And I just wanted to publicly also honor the universe for the synchronicities around that potential for the job. And I say potential because nothing's been actualized or materialized yet. I have no idea if I'll get it or not feels like I will. It feels like the right thing. And the circumstances are uncanny. Who knows, though? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Now, I did tell Milo today, too, that if I get that job, I'm moving. I was like, no uncertain terms. He, he needed to know very clearly what my intentions were. So I'm just stating that because I'm just honoring what has been coming up for me over months. All the little fucking hurdles, some of the big fucking hurdles, and all of those things that appear to be challenges. Every time I feel into it, it feels like the right thing. So I honor that, and I continue on with it. And I'm just grateful for everyone that's been part of the journey. I'm grateful for my son. I'm grateful for my sons. I'm just... And... uh I'm just grateful for the way things are turning out and the opportunity. And so I'm just mentioning this as, a, as an example of life and dreaming and fighting for that future, you know, that Leon said. Sometimes you got to close your eyes and really envision that shit. And I do. I do. Almost daily. Pretty much daily. And it's not even something I like I force myself to do. It's just something that is there in the back and I can just consciously bring it up. But it's always the same. And the feeling's always the same. And it just feels like the right thing. And I take a lot of comfort in that. I take a lot of comfort in that. Even in spite of all of the challenges, all of the hurdles, all of the apparent, maybe what some might call setbacks, all of those things that look like they're in the way or showstoppers or whatever. It's all just part of the process. And I'm thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for all of it. So, with that, choose your dream. One last thing, a couple last things. I realized on the way home, as I'm driving, that I have this question about how am I going to reach this audience, right, of people, of men, of young men, to work with on this program that I'm developing. 
and it fucking hit me. Ricky basically knows the older part, like the upper tier of my target audience, because like I said, all of these guys were pretty much in their like early 20s to mid 20s. And I got an earful of like what their life was like, because I picked four of them up from the airport and drove them back uh, to the location, which was an hour and a half drive. And as I'm driving home, Saturday night into Sunday morning, I was like, fuck, there's at least 15 guys right there. And the reason that even came up is again through Tony Robbins, right? So one of the things Tony Robbins like went through with Business Mastery is like, what are you paying attention to? And he shows a couple of videos and he asks you to focus on one thing, but there's obviously some shit going on in the background that you become, you're actually pretty well oblivious to. And he's like, so if you're not paying attention, if all you're focusing on is this and all you see is this, what is it in your business that you're not seeing and what are you not paying attention to? And I just applied that to my target audience where I was like, fuck, like when I was in the moment, when I was at the event in the middle of all of these people, I was not seeing that those people, a lot of them could be potential fucking clients. And I was like, shit. So when I was driving back home, I was like, that's what I wasn't seeing. That's what I wasn't seeing. That's one of the things I wasn't seeing. And so I'm very thankful for that. So I'm just giving a shout out to the universe, to Tony, to Ricky, to the opportunity, to all of that. So I just want to say thank you for that. And then lastly, another thing that came up is that I realized that I'm not asking for people to like work with me. I'm not asking for what I want. Um, so that's something else. So what I'm going to start doing at the end of this podcast is what I've seen other people do. I know Jim Fortin does this, so I'm going to start doing it too. I'm going to ask people to go ahead and like and comment on these podcasts. So if you like the episode, please comment on it or like it or share it. If you found benefit through it, it's very likely somebody else might as well. So please share. So I'm going to invite people to start doing that. So I'm inviting you to please share this podcast with anybody that, with anybody that you might find um, that would benefit from it. So that's what I got for today. Choose your dreams. So go live an inspired life so you can inspire others to live their authentic and inspired life. Because at the end of the day, living an inspired life is a choice. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. I love you. Till next time. Bye.